0: So many of the folks that watch my channel use an investment advisor to manage their portfolio. How do I know this? Because they email me and they send me their portfolios, often with dozens and dozens of mutual funds and ETFs, sometimes individual stocks. And they're hoping to simplify their portfolio down to, you know, three or four, maybe five low cost index funds, and they're not quite sure how to do it. I got an email like that recently from a viewer. She and her husband are nearing retirement. They have an investment advisor who's managing a rollover IRA. And she kind of wanted me to know, figure out how do we talk to the advisor about this portfolio and try to understand what's going on as they try to make decisions uh, as they near retirement. So in this video, we're going to look at that portfolio and I'm going to walk through at a high level, at least five questions that I would ask my advisor if he or she put me in this portfolio? Certainly not the, the only questions we might want to ask, and I'm sure they'll think of many others, but these would be f- at least five of the questions I would ask. So let's begin. I'm going to first show you the, the portfolio. I've put it in Portfolio Visualizer. We're going to look at it a couple of different ways, but it's this first portfolio. So including cash, they have 12 different investments. Uh, by the way, uh, let me make this a little bigger so you maybe you can see it. Whoops. Didn't want to go there. Let's try that again. Here we go. Uh, the first question, by the way, that's not actually part of my five is, why do we have money in cash? Why am I paying an advisor? In this case, it's a 1% fee to put some money in cash. Now, in fairness, it's only 1%. And for all I know, they're planning to withdraw that, to spend it, and that's why it's in cash. So there might be a good answer to that. But if your advisor uh, that's that's charging you a percentage of assets under management has some of your money in cash, (laughs) that would be a question. All right, so here are the the 12 investments, and uh, we'll walk through a couple of them. But my very first question for uh, an advisor, if this were the portfolio they had me in, would be, hey, What's the asset allocation that you're aiming for for my portfolio? I'd like to understand that. And preferably, I'd like to see it in writing. I'd like to know how much in stocks, how much in bonds. By the way, this portfolio is roughly 80% stocks, 20% bonds. And I, I don't take any issue with that. Uh, uh, but I'd want to know what's my asset allocation, stock to bond, maybe cash if, if there's a separate cash component. But then beyond that, how much in U.S. stocks? How much in in, international? Do you have an allocation to small cap? Are you tilting towards value or growth? And all of those sorts of questions would spark other questions. In this case, the portfolio is tilted towards growth. And so I'd want to understand why. It doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's a bad decision, but I want to understand the investment advisors thinking on all of this. Now, if you get answers that aren't Crystal clear. Yes, we have an asset allocation plan. In fact, I can print it out for you. Here it is. Let's talk about it. Let's look at it together. That's what, in my view, an investment advisor should be able to do. But if it's like, well, you know, we tilt towards stocks, you know, because they do better in the long run, we put a little international in there, I would say, well, hang on. Do we have something more specific? And one way to drive at that question would be to ask, do you rebalance my portfolio? And if the answer presumably is going to be yes, when was the last time you rebalanced it? All oh, we rebalanced it last quarter, end of last year. Well, what did you rebalance it to? <laughs> What's the target? You gotta, you gotta have an asset allocation plan to rebalance, or otherwise, you know, you're, you're, you're aiming for no target at all. So that's question one. What's the asset allocation? Now, this particular asset allocation, as I said, I don't have any particular issues with it. It does tilt heavily to growth. I'm not sure that would be my choice, but I'm not here to say. Uh, that that's necessarily a bad decision. But that's question one. You want to have a full understanding of the advisor's asset allocation plan, which is really nothing but an investment plan for your portfolio. Now, question two, it's very, very important. I would want to know, has that changed? Here, okay, great, you've, you've given me, hopefully in writing my asset allocation plan, I see it. Has it changed? Have you been making changes to my plan uh, over time? Now. There could be several different answers to that. It could be, no, in fact, the investments, we'll look at them again. All these investments, they could say they were the same investments you had whenever the relationship started. Nothing's changed at all. Uh, Or the advisor could say, well, yeah, I mean, when you came to me, whatever, 10 years ago, we were at 95% stocks. And we're slowly moving more into bonds as you get near retirement. That might be the answer. The one thing that I would look for, though, that would give me some concern is an advisor who is... Uh, trying to, uh, to, I'll say, time uh, the 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 economic environment where they say, well, no, we we moved into growth at certain times, and then we move back into value. Uh, maybe we do the same thing with bonds based on duration, depending on interest rates. And so they may it may be that their portfolio with this advisor looked totally different five years ago, or maybe it didn't. Maybe it looks just like it does now. But I would want to understand that. Uh, what changes are you making? And, and why. Now, in this case, as we look at this portfolio, I'm going to just assume it stayed the way it is the entire time. Now, we can look back about six years, as we'll do in just a minute. That's just the available data for the funds that are involved. Uh, but of course, if this wasn't the portfolio six years ago, then putting this portfolio in Portfolio Analyzer uh, or Visualizer won't actually get us the actual results. We'd have to understand each change that was made and when obviously that gets a lot more complicated. But if an advisor is regularly changing parts of the asset allocation, moving in and out of growth, in and out of value, maybe in and out of small, mid-cap, or large cap, more into international, less into international, uh, I would want to understand that. That, for me, would be a very big red flag. Again, we don't know if that's happening here. All right. The third question, we'll now start to look more into detail at this portfolio, would be how do you pick these funds? We'll ignore cash for a moment. It's only 1% anyway, but I'd want it at a high level. How do you pick these funds? How do you decide? You've got your asset allocation plan, terrific. How do you decide these funds? And I think in preparation for that meeting, I would understand what each of these funds uh, represents. And it's very easy to do. We'll just take this first one, T-R-A-I-X. I would put it, I'd go to Morningstar. I'm not signed in, so this is all freely available. Uh, this is not a paid I'm not, you know, signed into a premium account. And this is a T. Rowe Price Capital Appreciation. (coughs) Excuse me. The things that I would want to note, first of all, the expense ratio, 59 basis points. So for an actively managed fund, I would say anything under 75 basis points is, 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 I'll say, reasonable. I'll say in air quotes, is reasonable for an actively managed fund. Obviously, this is significantly more expensive than an index fund. All right. But I'd want to know the expense ratio. And then simply just the portfolio, what's it investing in? We can come in here and say, okay, this is a, a balanced fund. So it's 50, we'll call it 58% equities. Well, I guess 60% with the, the, the international here. And then uh, there's 31%, uh, 32% in fixed income, some other, don't know what that is, and some cash. Uh, as for the stocks, it's it's definitely a growth fund, large cap. So this is a balanced fund. And I would I would just want to sort of understand those things And I would then go down this list. By the way, one question on a balanced fund is, why a balanced fund? I mean, isn't it easier to have stocks in a stock fund and bonds in a bond fund? It's certainly easier to understand the portfolio. Now, that's not to, of course, not to say that a balanced fund is a mistake. It's not. And we'll look at some others uh, in a minute. Uh, But that's just a question. Uh, If I go to the next one, and we'll just do this just to walk through it. I'm not going to go through all of them we'll see that this, too, is a uh, growth fund. It's got an expense ratio of 44 basis points. And we can see this is all pretty much stocks. There's a little bit of cash in the fund. And it's also a growth. So right there, that tells me, at least in this, for the stock allocation of TRAIX, there's pretty notable overlap between that fund and AMCFX. Now, again, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a mistake or bad, but it would be a question. Why, why are you picking two funds for large cap growth stocks u.s uh when you could just pick one what's the thinking there now i suppose one could say yeah but does it really matter rob that they have multiple funds that maybe they could have reduced it they're you know you're not managing it they are and that's a fair point i think although i do think the simpler the portfolio the easier it is to understand and i think it's important even if we have an investment advisor managing our portfolio for us we understand you know what it represents what it's trying to accomplish as best we can and a simple portfolio is just easier to understand but again uh, these are just questions that i would be asking and i would go through each of those funds in morningstar wouldn't take you more than 10 or 15 minutes what's the expense ratio is it stocks bonds or both Uh, if it's if it's stocks is it us or international is it large cap small cap you know what is it growth value we'll look at one more uh, we'll look at IJR, which is one of the funds they have, and this fund tells me a lot about this investment advisor. This is a small cap uh, fund. Um, <coughs> excuse me, it's an index fund, only six basis points. So that tells me this advisor is is you know not certainly not against index funds, and so I, this is a, a perfectly uh, good fund. They've allocated um, 12% to it. All right, fine. They also have a a, a small cap international fund in this mix, but. Uh, which again, perfectly fine. Uh, but I would do that for each of those uh, funds. And I, again, for the questions, how do you pick these funds? In this case, why so many? And w- why do you have some funds that seem to overlap? What's the thinking behind that? And By the way, they may have a perfectly reasonable answer. Now, when we go to analyze the portfolios, and by the way, what I've done, <coughs> excuse me, I'm still getting over uh, a cold. Uh, this is a th- basically a three-fund portfolio. These are fa- Vanguard funds. The viewer that emailed me asked me to compare uh, uh, the advisor's portfolio to these three. And then I decided to throw in a third portfolio with just one fund. This is a Vanguard life strategy growth. Now, as you can see, this is an 80-20 fund, 80 U.S., 10 international, 20 bonds. This fund is 80-20. Now, this fund, uh, well, we'll look at it because when you get into funds, this is where it, balanced funds like this T. Rowe Price Capital Appreciation Fund make understanding the portfolio a little complicated because that includes fixed income as well as some other bond funds that are um, in the mix. But with a tool like uh, Portfolio Portfolio Visualizer, we can look at it, in fact, right here. So this is the advisor's portfolio, and we can see each style category, large cap value and growth, mid cap value and growth, small cap, right on down. Uh, and then we can see down here for bonds. It turns out that this portfolio is still an 80-20 portfolio, roughly. That's got 11.41% in corporate bonds, uh, and then 10% in short-term treasuries. So again, for me, that would be a question. That all of these have 10% in short-term treasuries, roughly. But for the advisor, you know, what's the thinking on the bonds, and, and why not more intermediate term? Uh, so a, a question for, for for the advisor. But, but um, that's the asset allocation. And some things we can look at, uh, the, the the three fund portfolio, which is portfolio two, and the life strategy portfolio, which is portfolio three, they have a lot more large cap growth than, than does uh, the advisor's portfolio. So first of all, why is that? Well, of course, for the advisor, it's, we have to ask him or her, but that's what they've chosen. But for an index fund, type of approach, it's because large cap growth has just dominated the market the last decade. And, you know, these index funds are basically just mirroring the market. And the markets move towards growth. There will be times when it moves away from growth and back to value. And when that happens, uh, if we analyze these same portfolios, these percentages will change uh, w- with an index fund portfolio. So something to keep in mind. But where portfolio one makes, it, makes up for it in terms of growth is a lot more, as you can see here, mid cap growth. Uh, And then uh, a fair amount more uh, of of small cap growth as well. Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, this is certainly a well-diversified portfolio. There's no question about that. So if we go to summary, here's the portfolio from the advisor. Here's our three fund portfolio using Fidelity Mutual Funds, (coughs) excuse me again. And here's the Vanguard Life Strategy Growth Fund, which is 80-20. How'd they do? Well, uh, the winner is Portfolio 2, the Vanguard Index Fund. Now, I say winner. This is only six years, so we need to keep that in mind. Uh, but it returned 9.94%, uh, actually handily beating the other two pretty significantly. Uh, the advisor portfolio came in at 874 The life strategy portfolio came in at 853 uh, 20, 21 basis points below the advisor's portfolio. So what do we take from this so far? Well, the first thing to keep in mind is we haven't accounted for the 1% fee for for, for the advisor. Uh, this analysis factors in the fees of the funds, but not the 1% advisor. So when you factor that in, it's going to underperform both of these portfolios pretty, pretty significantly. So that's something to, to talk about. And I would be honest with the advisor. I would say, look, you know, I think you're, you're working hard for us, but your fee is really hurting us. I mean, we're really underperforming. I mean, I could just put everything in a life strategy 80-20 fund. I mean, it's just one fund. I don't have to worry about rebalancing. You know, I just have to enjoy life and I'm gonna, it seems, do better than what you're doing for me. Am I thinking about this wrong? Do you have a different view? You know, what are your perspectives? I mean, this is your money, you've worked hard for it. And so I would have these frank conversations uh, with, with the advisor. Uh, but it's also true with the three fund portfolio. Again, not that complicated, but you would have to rebalance. There's a little bit more involved. It pretty significantly outperformed, again, without even factoring in the 1% uh, 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 fee for under, assets under management. Now, one of the things I would try to do as best I could is look at the portfolios and try to, try to answer the question, why did one perform better than the other? So that I could have that kind of conversation with the advisor. And let me just show you a few things here of course, one of them is fees. We know that. And we haven't, again, we're not even factoring in the 1% AUM. But the fund fees for for Portfolio 1, they come in around 40 to, I'd say, 70 basis points. But if we compare that to these Fidelity index funds, and we can look at one, we'll just look at the total market fund. It's going to be very inexpensive. Yeah, just not, not even two basis points. So, uh, fees are definitely uh, part of it, but the other thing I noticed, if you go to exposure and you look at international, the advisor's portfolio has about 27% in international, 1781 in developed markets, 922 uh, in in emerging. When you compare that at least to portfolio one, portfolio one has a lot less in international, which is kind of interesting because it's let's see here yeah, that's right because we only we only had a ten percent allocation here, and so we know that international is underperformed, and so when we compare these two funds, I think that's the probably the biggest reason there's a difference. So we're going to adjust for that in just a minute. If we compare it to portfolio two, these are actually very similar. The emerging market's almost identical. This portfolio, this, again, the Life Strategy Fund, has about 4% more uh, in, in developed, you know, international developed, and I suspect that that explains the 21 basis point difference largely. That's my guess, along with fees. So the last thing we'll do here before we get to our fifth and final question is what uh, we're going to change this. We're going to dial this back to 60. This is U.S. stocks. Move international up to 20. And then compare these two portfolios. I'm going to guess they're much closer. It's just a guess. We'll see. So, yeah, we got we now got 20% in international. Um, still still outperformed, but not as much. So, you know, that's good to note. Even when you, I think, align it a little bit more with international. uh, Uh, It gets closer now. Again, uh, if we go one last thing, if we go back to exposure, remember the advisors fund had twenty-seven. We'll call seventeen. We'll call it twenty-seven percent. So let's just do that. Let's put twenty-seven percent in international. The reason I'm doing this, by the way, is because I really think it's important to as as much as possible compare apples to apples and. Stock to bond allocation, critical, but then things like US versus international, getting that close. We obviously can't change that with life strategy. They're gonna, you know, that fund does what it's gonna do. But in a three-fund portfolio, we can we can we can tinker with it a bit. So if we if we do that, we go back and look at performance. Yeah, look at that. It's it's only I don't know how well you can see that, but it it, it it's only um you know, 15, 14 basis point difference. Now Standard deviation a little bit lower on the three fund portfolio, but they're much, much closer now when we align the asset allocation. But that kind of brings us back then what about that 1% AUM three fund portfolio? Pretty easy to maintain, or just a life strategy uh, portfolio. Why not do that? And I would have those frank discussions with the advisor. So the fifth question so we've asked him about the asset allocation. Any changes? Very important. Over the time you've worked with them, to your asset allocation, how do they pick their funds? Why so many? Why some overlap? What's the thinking there? Um, kind of what I just showed you uh, here. Why isn't simple simple better? Why not just simple low-cost index fund? What's your thinking uh, uh, there? By the way, even if you decide to stay with them, why not simple? You're not you're not getting more more bang for your buck because they put you in 12 funds. Uh, so that's the fourth question. The fifth question, I think this is really important, and it is this: Can I see your portfolio? I don't want to see the numbers, but can I see everything that you own, you know, investment-wise, and the percentages? Why not? I share with you what I own, and I'm not an investment advisor. If you're going to entrust your money to someone, I'd like to see, you know, do they eat their own cooking? That's what I really want to know. If they show you their portfolio and it's a three-fund portfolio, um, you know, there's some questions to be asked. Now, for all we know. The investment advisor owns 50 different securities and it's a much more complicated portfolio and perhaps he or she trades options. I mean, who knows? But I think it's a fair question to ask an investment advisor. How do you invest your money? So there you go. That's my take on this portfolio, kind of how I would at a high level think about it, analyze it and sort of prepare for a meeting with an investment advisor. And then uh, at least five of the sort of high level questions I would ask to better understand the advisor's thinking and whether I wanted to continue to work with them or not. There you go. Uh, Hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments below and I'll do my best to help you out any way I can. And until next time, remember, the best thing money can buy is financial freedom.